This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Stories. We all have them. Some are titanic. Some are titani. The Titani was a ship that hit an ice cube and sank in my bathtub. There were no survivors, except stories. Welcome to Fuzztown Stories. Today's tale, the Aviolar. The ghost shark swum through the air, snapping its ethereal jaws at Kate. She hopped off the rock and held up the vial of the first mouthwashing. She uncorked it and sprinkled some of the ancient mouthwash on the shark. It howled like a wolf and turned away, its jaws chomping at the air. Ghost sharks were annoying because you had no idea how old they were. Sharks had basically stayed the same for a hundred million years, so there was no telling how long this beast had been haunting the Montana hills. With a dinosaur ghost, you could place that in time. Same with a human. But when something had lasted for so long, you could be dealing with a shark that died yesterday, or 65 million years ago. Not that aging a ghost shark was vital, but Kate liked to know her opponent. She was always curious. She was often smart. She was currently smacked to the ground by its spectral tail. She tied back her mess of curly red hair. It was time to get serious. Being the secret defender of the Dentites, and Toothum in general, was hard work. But it was fun. She'd tussled with the Mullard men of Hanging Rock and Chompers the Unhinged. He was a jerk. And of course, sharks were known for their teeth, and this ghost shark had been causing trouble for a while now. In fact, some say it had killed Vice President William Wheeler. And he'd been a friend to the Dentites and even granted them the right of toothless brushes in the Indiana court system. So this shark had to go. The shark's eyes turned bright green and it swam up into the sky. It hid in the low-hanging cumulus clouds. Great, Kate thought. It was preparing to dive-bomb her and ghost-chomp her to death. Kate was the seventh of eight children. Born to the Brule family. She was always different. She loved hearing the stories of Bernard Glouch, who had gone off to track down dental lore when she was six. She lived in the house across the street, and his mom would often let her read his letters. When she turned 16, her father had tried to pair her off with Horace Abernathy, but she didn't want it. She kicked him in the shins and ran off. She preferred hunting frogs and shooting her rifle. She also enjoyed mascara, because why not? It's cool. But when you're walking around in mascara with a rifle strapped to your back with a mess of red hair and tons of freckles, 
people start to talk. According to some dentite lore, freckles were a sign of the fuzz, which was straight bunkum, but you know, superstitions run deep. She was surprised when she was called into the office of the Grand Cuspid. Grayson Keyes was newly elected to the position, and asked if she had ever heard of the alveolar. Of course she had. The alveolar were the sockets in the jaw that kept the teeth in the mouth. That was true, Grayson said, but the dentites also had their own alveolar. The alveolar is hidden, but it keeps everything grounded. Since the days of Horace McMenamin, there had always been a secret force who went out into the world and rid the dentites of those who would rip them from the mouth of life. The last alveolar was killed trying to stop the rogue scientist Vendetta von Blush, who was working on a pair of exploding dentures that would be gifted to the King of Sweden, which would explode during St. Apollonia Day, the patron saint of teeth thus turning the Scandinavians against teeth. He'd managed to get the dentures, but had to put them in his own mouth, and, well, he exploded. To death. Grayson asked if Kate wanted to become the next alveolar, but she'd have to give up all connection to her life in New Muller. She'd be on her own, her name and memory erased from the town. She'd have to say she was an apostate and renounce dentalism. Every dentite would view her as a heretic and overall rascal. But in secret, she'd work for the Enamel Council doing deeds too controversial to be done in the warm light of day. Kate considered it and agreed. In a secret potluck at the altar of Rinsen Spit, she was given the seven weapons of Toothum and dubbed the Alveolar. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The next day, she went to the Mouthatorium and publicly called the Ur-Tooth the Jerk-Tooth, and then mooned the tooth, saying, Press these hams. She slapped her butt, and was quickly drummed out of town by the new Molar Drum Society. She went up to the lonely Helena Pass and looked down at new Molar and apologized to the tooth for her display. She looked at the house she grew up in, all the people she knew. Not a big loss. She smiled. A new adventure was awaiting her. She opened the tooth-colored envelope that the precious premolar had slipped her before declaring her an outcast. This was the first day of the rest of her life. The shark came blasting out of its cloud cover, its jaws wide open. She was ready. She took out the unbreakable floss of Jormund and roped the shark. The floss was imbued with the prayers of the holy mullers and could stick even to ethereal beings. She grabbed hold and rode that shark like a bronco buster at a rodeo. She used the floss to swing up and onto the shark's head. 
It was thrashing about and snapping wildly. She gripped that floss in one hand as she pulled out the drill that drills itself. A dental drill so powerful that it could drill a hole in the air. But with each use it would wear away until after the tenth use it would have drilled itself into nothing. She slammed it into the ghost shark's head and into its ghost brain. The shark yelled, Ouch! and then vanished. She fell to the ground and her head hit a rather large rock. She rubbed her bruised noggin as she got to her feet. See a shark, she thought. Off to hell or heaven or wherever it was sharks went. Maybe the swimming pool of the finned god. Who knows? She had read that book on shark religions, but it was written by a walrus, and they can't be trusted. Wait, was any of that true, or was it the concussion talking? Better get to the hospital. She found her trusty bicycle where she stashed it, and headed off to Fort Last Hope. Once there, the frontier doctor patched her up and gave her a cold compress. Then she took the doctor to bed. And he was the one that needed an ice pack the next morning. Nothing like besting the supernatural to get the motor humming. She stayed at the fort for a few days to have follow-up appointments, both in and out of the doctor's office. Modern medicine sure could be fun. About a week later, a stocky man in a raccoon cap came by the fort selling all sorts of toothpicks. He kept to himself and cooked river fish in a tin pan he kept tied to his belt. Kate approached him one night. He talked about how there was a war about to break out in Europe. Then he smiled and mentioned Bernard Glouch, the old relic hunter. Kate pretended not to know what he was talking about. He cut her a piece of eel and slid it towards her. She popped it into her mouth, but didn't swallow it. Back in her room, she spit it out. And under the eel's rubbery skin was a small note. It said simply, Wyoming, fuzz, cult. She recognized the looping curves of Grand Cuspid Grayson's handwriting. She let herself get nostalgic for a moment, remembering the pie cuspids her mother used to bake. She could still smell them when she closed her eyes. She popped the bit of eel back in her mouth but this time chewed it and ate it, bones and all. Wyoming ain't far, she thought. I probably have enough time for one last checkup with the dock. By morning, the dock was sated, her bicycle was loaded up, and she was off. The alveolar's work was never done, and thank the tooth for that. Fuzz Town Stories is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by David Riglieri. Today's episode was read by Amanda Jones. Please think about donating to the show and future Roy Gold shows on Patreon.com or Himalaya. Please think about mooses. Isn't that cool? We were all thinking about mooses for a second there. That's the power of moose, baby. Moose Baby is a pilot I'm pitching to Disney Plus this week, so please tweet it or whatever. As always, thanks for listening and have a centabulous bicuspid of a day. 
Can't get enough fall the House of Sunshine? Then join me, Numola historian Lyman Keys, in the Himalaya Plus section, where you'll get commentaries, special exclusive episodes where I answer your questions about Numola and beyond, as well as a community to chat with fellow Sunshine fans. Join Himalaya Plus and speak with the creators about the show and get exclusive updates and access. I'll see you in Himalaya Plus. Lyman Keys. Libonachu in Himalaya Plus. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. <laughs>